You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. All right. Welcome, folks, uh, to the Inclusive AF podcast. This is Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. I keep working on that. It's going to get better. It's one day. And you've got the, <laughs> the bat glasses on today. I do. <laughs> In honor of fall. The Look, bat wings. I, I like one. it. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. very cozy. Very cozy. Yes. yes. Um, so we have an awesome guest today that's going to talk to us about something that uh, Jackie and I both love, and that is data. Um, so we are welcoming, and I'm going to butcher your last name, Joseph. I'm just going to say it right now. So you're going to need to help us out a little bit here. Uh, Joseph, tell me your last name. If you agree. If you able, I didn't help. Not even a little bit. Yeah, just yeah. I just yeah. I will get it by the end of this episode, but it'll be like after we stop recording, I would be like, oh yeah, it's this. It's yeah. Um. So Joseph, welcome to the show. Um. We would love to have you just share a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your identity. Yeah. So I um originally uh, from Nigeria. I um so yeah grew up uh, in Nigeria. Uh, my early years and been in the U.S. for over 10 years now. I am, um, yeah, I, my pronouns are he, his, him. And uh, I, I love data. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I love data and I love, and I love soccer. Those are like two other things I've always liked um, from, from the beginning, right? So from, from my, my time, um, you know, going to boarding school back home in Nigeria to, to now um, in, in my career, I've always, you know, maths and statistics and, and soccer has been two of the things I've loved my whole life. And, and the fact that I've, you know, throughout my life, had the opportunity to do both. And now really, you know, leading a, a HR tech data company is something that for me, is, I'm living a dream right now. So that's a bit about me. And um, in terms of just a bit more, just I am, uh, I have six, uh, five siblings, but I'm first of six. And, and, and um, yeah, so I'm, I'm referred to as big brother. So uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. And yeah, that's a bit about myself from a, from a background perspective. Awesome. I love that. And where you know, are you me, based? Katie and I are both uh, babies, youngest of the family. So. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> so sorry. You get to boss us around during this episode. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, the things about like being a big brother is I, 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 I cleaned so much diapers and I, I know what to do it at some point. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like, cause you know, like my friends are like, Oh, my friends that have babies are like, Oh, you know so much about, I'm like, yeah. Like, cause I raised my last brother, my two sisters and then like three cousins. Like I cleaned all the diapers. So I've cleaned like five kids diapers across my life because I was always the oldest. So it's been incredible. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Where are you based right now? I'm um, in New Jersey, actually. New Jersey. Okay. I was thinking East coast. Um, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, let's jump on in first would love to just hear a little bit about your company and, and what you're doing now. And then Jackie has questions about your prior company. So we're going to get to it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I am, I am one of the co-founders, um, and CEO of equitable. So at equitable, they are three of us. So myself, I, I lead the business development, um, sales, you know, comms and all of those things. Um, and then we have two co-founders, my two co-founders, Gabe, he leads the product team. And then Ethan, um, he is our CTO and he's the one building out the, the platform. Um, what our product does is simply put, we bridge the gap between data and insights for organizations when it comes to 
HR or people. Um, and the reason why that's, I know, that's so important for us is because you know, there has been a lot of focus around um, marketing analytics data, sales analytics, finance, and that's all great. I mean, that's good. But if you look at it, the truth of the matter is people are the most important resource any organization has. Like without people, you don't have a company, you don't have a product. And so if we isn't there to make decisions off of, you know, the product side of things, I think we can't just be like, I feel this way about people's pay, or I feel this way about hiring because you end up getting yourself or your organizations in trouble. And so we like, you know, we, we, we want companies to take more of a data uh, approach when it comes to making those decisions. And so for us, simply put, we help companies bridge that gap between we have data, but what do we do with that? How do we get that from data to insights? And then how do we use those insights to make the best decisions that really affect our employees um, in a very positive way? So that's what our, our product does at a, at a high level. I love that. I love data. I know I'm a big data dork. I use data for everything. Um, and I think it's key. I, I would love to know, what do you think that people don't get about the data or connection? Or what do you think, like, as you go through your process, and you're talking with clients, what seems to be um, a surprise or insights about the insights that they weren't expecting? Yeah, so, so it's you know, there's a couple of things, right? I think I think right now there is um, there is a lot of at least you know what I've been seeing over the last couple of years there is a lot of need now, right? But I think people are struggling in terms of finding solutions to help them answer the questions that they need for the organizations, right? Um, historically, at least from what I've seen, yeah, in a lot of tools that maybe are out there. Um, that said, hey, yes, we are delivering analytics to you, but here it's, it's a black box or it's a rigid. So everyone has to use the same, everyone uses the same metrics. Everyone is like, no, like people are nuanced. Companies are nuanced, right? You can't have the same, like, so, you know, something that works for one company doesn't necessarily work for another. And so having, you know, just, I think, I think that flexibility is something that tools, more HR tools need to have. And so, the, the amount of rigidity <laughs> that I am seeing, it was actually a bit surprising to me. I'm like, wow, like, no, it like, that's not, it shouldn't be like that, right? Um, that's one thing. And then for me, something that's really interesting, I think, in terms of companies is um, that, that I, and I keep saying, my, my co-founders and I, we say that all the time, is a lot of times, like, one of the biggest competition that tools like myself have, have is, is really Google Sheets, <laughs> <laughs> and and it sounds funny, right? Like, oh, it's Google Sheets, but Google Sheets is a very hard com competitor. It's a hard competitor. Really? Yes, it's a hard competitor because, because, you know, when, if people don't have tools that solve stuff for them, they just revert to the, what they know. And what they know a lot of times is Google Sheets. Like, I know it's very manual, but I'm comfortable with this. It takes so much of my time, but at least I'm comfortable with this. And so... In the quest to deliver something that works for organizations, we have to, we as innovators, founders, data scientists, engineers, have to figure out a way to kind of make it simpler for them to switch from Google Sheets, <laughs> which they're comfortable to, to this because it answers most of the questions that they need to. And that's something that I kept seeing. I'm like, wow, 
And I, I, I one day I just, I woke up, I was like, Google Sheets is a hard competitor. Like it's a hard competitor to beat. Like it, it is. I, people don't think about it, but it is. I'm uh, trying to act surprised, but I literally have to. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I was trying to act, oh, what? <laughs> backspace, backspace. Yeah. Yep. I use and you're right. I think that there is, we, we trust technology now more than we ever have to a point, but still sometimes when it comes to um, particular areas or areas where there's compliance involved, you find people going back. I mean, Google Sheets is a, is a lot. There's people that use like pen and paper. Like <laughs> I wrote it down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So your, your number two competitor is uh, Vic flare pen <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely <laughs> so when you think about data you know i think the the question and the obviously the work that jackie and i do is really around using data for diversity equity and inclusion efforts yeah. so how does your tool help with that with those insights how do you you know how does that tie to the insights around diversity equity and inclusion yeah you know it's it's interesting because I think that diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, that whole, you know, it's be that whole, like, just acronym has become almost like a buzzword for setting executives in some way, right? They, you know, they post it on their Twitter or just say, hey, we're doing, we have this diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives, but you look down the line and there is no result, <laughs> right? You can say all you want to say, but if you don't have any result to show for it, then or at least if, you, if you're not taking the steps that you need to take, then like, like you don't really care about that, right? Um, and there's, there's a lot of that happening. There's a lot, you know, people are saying things for the media. And I always say that all the time. I say that like, look, you can't change what you don't measure, right? So if you're trying to change things from a diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging perspective, you have to measure it. You don't just say, oh, we're going to do it and then hope that things change. No, like it, you have to, you have to take the steps. And so for us, um, you know, the, the way we think about um, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging is, you know, we, for us, it's it, it, a variety of ways that you can look at. And, you know, each company is like to say, hey, you know, we, we, we define this slightly different and we have this extra thing, but you know, it goes, I mean, it's, you know, it goes from, yeah, okay, well, the obvious, right? Yes, we have the gender diversity, we have the race, but there's also other things as well, right? The point of it is at the end, at the end of the day, it's, are you bringing together diverse people with diverse thoughts, with diverse experiences um, to help, you know, move your company forward? Because again, like <laughs> diverse experiences, um, uh, oftentimes uh, lead to just, just innovation. Um, in, my, in our company, right, uh, for example, Equitable, like we have, I mean, I'm, I'm Nigerian, <laughs> you know, we have, my, my co-founder is, is really, um, they have, you know, they have um, one of our other co-founders, um, one of our other um, engineers, she, she's from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> and then you have a, one of our content guys, he's, he's from Nigeria, but a different tribe from myself. And so you have this mix. And then anytime we get on these conversations, man, oh my goodness. It's just like, we, for us, it's a, I learned so much from everyone and we challenge each other. And then we, we put out the best things. But if you have everyone that grew up in Connecticut, went to Yale, and that's everyone that you have in your own company, like where's the different perspectives? Where's the difference? Where's the difference in where's the different lived experiences? You know, like and so I feel like 
for, for, from our perspective, like you need data to measure, um, like, are you, are you hiring diverse teams? Um, are you, are you, are you promoting, not just all oh, hiring because often people say, oh, we're hiring. And then every diverse person that they hire, every woman that they hire or person of color are all in the lower levels, not in leadership. So what, what's the, what's the point of that? Right. And so for us, it's like, are you hiring them into also, are you promoting them into the leadership roles in your, in your recruiting processes? Are you, are you making sure that you, you, you're giving space for those diverse teams to be hired, those diverse people to be hired um, in, those, in that sense? And so for us, it comes down to that. Again, you can't change what you don't measure. You can say it all you want out to the media and say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. But again, you have to actually measure it and actually set specific goals in order to hit those. And that's what our product helps companies do. Uh, we help you set those goals. We help you measure um, 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 it from all the way from hiring to compensation to attrition to promotions. We help you get a clear view of what is happening in your organization, ultimately to make sure that people are happy and you're building healthy workforces. I tell you what, last night, just, you know, it's it's relevant, I promise. Went to see my dad and I told him about some of the work that I was doing in diversity and inclusion. And he goes, oh yeah, do they measure it? Do you really have it? Do they write it down? Are the executive, like my, like literally, what do you even know about this day? Like I was so <laughs> hurt and I was like, it's literally my whole job. He's like, eh, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, accountability is my part of my job. And he was yeah. like, yeah, but yeah. I think that's the, it's not, I love the, you can't fix what you don't measure, but it's like, after you measure it, you put that into a plan. It's like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't think we're diverse. Maybe we should check. And then they say, nope, not diverse. And then they just keep going. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's, 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 it's ridiculous, though. Um, like, in some ways, whereby, you know, because I, you know, I hear all this all the time. Oh, we don't, oh, we can't find enough women engineers. Or we can't find them. It's like, man, like, if you really look, you'll find them. My, my team at WeWork, we had, I think, at some point, we had 18 people. And I think about nine of them were women engineers technical roles right we're talking about like kick-ass engineers like you talk like incredible which to this day they all got poached by nike facebook BuzzFeed, like tech role like big companies poached once we left and started our own company they all got poached because <laughs> like, they're, they're all i mean they put them way like so much money like they're like yeah take it i mean like, what are you talking about but it's like we we for us from the beginning our ethos was like look we want to build a diverse team. And to the point where people were calling my team at our team at like WeWork UN because of how diverse it was. And, they, and it was like, this is the example of how you build a team. For us, it was like, no, this is what we want to do. We want to build a diverse team, right? And so from the beginning, the way we even interviewed, the way we posted, what the language we used on the job posting and, and how we did the interview process and every single thing was geared to us. We want to build a diverse team. And that's why... We built such a, an amazing team that had an amazing impact back at WeWork because of that. And so when companies say, oh, yeah, oh, well, there's a problem. Okay, mom, well, we, we can't find them. It's, it's just it's a cop-out answer. You're being lazy. Because if you're talking about women engineers, oh, they're there. <laughs> and for the most part, a lot of people also want them. So if you really want them, then pay up as well. So, <laughs> so, so you know, like, it's just what it is. Like, you, you know, you put, but to say that they are not there, I think is a lazy answer from companies. And that's my, I mean, that's my, I mean, I've seen it because I've hired, I've hired engin women engineers that were so amazing and they're there. <laughs> so. 
As someone who has attended the Grace Hopper uh, Women in Computing Conference, yes, they are. I can absolutely <laughs> attest to that when there's thousands of engineering yeah. women there. Yeah. Um, so I want to I, I want to ask a little bit about the the data because one of the things that I noticed on your website was that you talk about audits. And mm. as an HR person, you know HR for twenty years. One, you know, kind of the not funny joke. I don't know. <laughs> was funny, the fact that you know funny not funny was the is this data accurate? Is it, is it real? And like, where is that single source of truth? Because yeah. you had HRIS systems, you had benefit systems, you had all these different systems that maybe could talk to each other and maybe not. And yeah. so I, I, I love the idea of like the data audit. So where, tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, Katie, because like you know, like it's interesting. Uh, when you when you when we think about data audits, it's not a it's not like a sexy or like data audits. Like data audits, like what are you talking about? What is that, right? Like, ugh, like, and so for us, it's it's you know, this I think the journey for us started like what data audits was started back at even when we were we built something, uh, something similar whereby we're like, okay, well, this is going to help catch errors. But essentially, here, right, we've been thinking about this for a few years, and we we spoke to a lot of customers and we started getting a lot of feedback and. And for us, what data audits, what our data audits process does is, is this. Ideally, if you have garbage data in, you have garbage data out. Doesn't matter how much any vendor comes and says to you, hey, we have this best analytics, ML, AI, which everyone likes to throw, throw these days, like the word ML, AI, which by the way, most people that say ML, it's not ML, it's just, they're just selling you snake oil, but that's you know, you know yeah, that's for a different topic. But you know, everyone said, "Ml AI, this or oh, we're going to give you all these insights," and they're never about to ask, "How clean is that data?" Right? Like, am I go- if I'm if I'm going like if you're going to give someone insights, like the data has to at least be a certain level of clean or have some structure to it to kind of give you insights that makes sense. Otherwise, you're making decisions on faulty data, right? And so for us, when we start thinking about, it, we're like, okay, well, if we want to deliver insights to companies, then we have to also help them with this data integrity piece, which a lot of them mentioned, because we lost, like, we, we like contracts, maybe we could have maybe gotten, or like, oh, yes, we want to use your tool, uh, but I did it so dirty, so we can't. I'm like, oh. And so we kept, we heard that a few times, we're like, mm, you know what, you need to solve this problem. Yeah, we're not ready. Like, <laughs> yeah, like give us six months to a year. And you've lost that deal. You've lost. Yep. If you say six months, you're not gonna like six months later. Like, come on. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, we built. And so, what are what are the other process does is we sit on top of your systems, right? So, and we bring in, you know, not like how our process works. We, we bring in the data, and we, you know, we give you all those insights. We we build a data model and give you insights. But before we do that, what we we connect and we set rules. So, for example, a, a simple rule could be the process flow for hiring should be apply, resume review, phone screen, on-site, hire. That would that, be the rule we can set based on what, you, what the organization needs. And then we can say if someone skips one of those um, stages, flag it. Something simple as that. Or something like this particular metric should not be a blank. If it's a blank, flag it. Um, this data should flow from this system into this system. If it doesn't flow in, flag it. And as you flag those things, you can go in and fix those. So we run that every day, and you go in and you fix a lot of those things. 
right? right? So when people say like, oh, data is not this, because of those kind of, this transactional mistakes, errors that happen on a day-to-day basis. And as we fix those things and your data becomes cleaner and you actually now start setting, you know, making your system a little bit more, um, you know, like you prevent it from having those errors, it gets better and better and better. So one of, I'll give you a very interesting example. A customer of ours, um, they have their data in Workday. Um, their, their HIS data in Workday. And that had the last day, the last day of hire, the last day of work. The last day of work was in Workday. And then they have their equity, their shares data in ShareWorks. What happened was normally the data flows from Workday into ShareWorks. If someone leaves the organization, it flows in, so that way you stop paying out equity to the employee because they left. Well, there was... Some, for some reason, it did not flow in, so someone left, and they end up paying equity to <laughs> they end up paying equity to someone for quite a quite a quite a while after the person had left. So like, where me and Katie need to apply? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but these are these are things whereby we end like I mean we caught that error. Even like I remember like we built something similar while we work. That's kind of what Gabe and I and Gabe we gave microphone. He caught someone made a mistake, and this happens so much. Someone made a mistake where. They changed the yearly salary to, to, to the bi-weekly. So we're gonna they were gonna pay out an executive something like two million dollars in one pay. And Gabe, because we had built something internally, Gabe, like, what is that? <laughs> and we, and that we got seems it, right? wrong. And it's yeah. like, what well, no one's getting paid that in one, you know? And so we looked and we're like, holy crap, what happened here? And so for but this happens with, I mean, I talked to potential customers all the time. Oh, yeah, we made this mistake and we paid this out. Or especially we pay, that happens so much. Or someone on the mm-hmm. gets even happened. To, that happened to Gabe, Gabe, his wife. They on like for, she was out, and then they made the mistake with her pay, and then they ended up paying out like my like two hundred bucks in one paycheck. Like what? Like this is not even this is not a, nowhere near what she should. And so Gabe was like, "We need to build this for equitable." I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna because <laughs> that went that touched home." You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and so this happens to pay a lot, and so that's why we built this to catch those kind of errors. Because by the way, those errors happening doesn't make the employee feel good when that affects them. It doesn't make them feel good. And so, again, it also helps with the with people feeling like, okay, you know, like just feeling happy about where they work as well. If you catch this kind of errors ahead of time. So that's kind of what our, our data audit does. And so the, be- the cleaner the data is, the better the insights, right? Garbage in, garbage out. Good data in, good data out. Right? So, How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Yeah. Well, and I think that's so critical as well. I mean, the pay examples that you're giving are so like they hit close to home because I, I 
have experienced all of these in my career, you know, where, you know, you get that call of, Hey, we just paid someone like quadruple what we were supposed to, and we don't know what to do. And now we need to, you know, claw it back or whatever. And there are just so many of those. And it's because of that data entry error or whatever it might be. And there's because humans are involved, keying numbers, or, you know, it's, Hey, you added extra zero or you do whatever, just not knowing or not, you know, not being, you know, as diligent. And so it happens all the time, like you said. And so, but I I love the fact that there are those flags that come into play. Cause I think, you know, you said, you know, yes, it's great for the employee, but it's also great just from a data oversight to say, okay, yeah, we did this wrong, but we caught it already because this flag came in today and we know so we can fix it before it actually impacts the employee. So that's, that's great. I love that. Um, Can we talk about football now? Are we allowed? Uh, wait, but, but even before, sorry, <laughs> even before I knew Jackie football, wouldn't let me go yet from data. <laughs> no, no, we're going to go because this is what's so crazy. So you've been in the United States for 10 years yeah, and years. you're like, okay, I'm going to move from Nigeria. I'm going to the United States and you freaking picked Boston. <laughs> Boston. You, that's like on the list of like, not you're like as friendly, like, <laughs> is not on the list of places that are uh, friendly. Boston. No, 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 no. Yeah, sorry to all of our friends in Boston. Jackie's just kidding. I'm, She's just I'm kidding, kidding, kidding right now. <laughs> no, no. So. I'm like, out of all the places. No, no. So I, you know, I I went to Boston for for business school, um, and I and I had a great time in Boston, like because of like the 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 my MIT my cohort uh Bentley Bentley McCallum School of Business. Okay, um, thank you. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I went to I went to that for, and I, we, our cohort was it was an international cohort. We had people from like Nigeria, India, China, Japan, like yes. um, U.S. and it was such an incredible. And so we just I just really hung up with them all the time. We're in our own bubble for the most part. Uh, but I would say Boston was extremely cold after my two years. In business, <laughs> I'm like I am out of here. Like, <laughs> Like I can't, like, I'm like, there's no, I, I ran and I moved to Jersey, but, but, but really like, I mean, I went to Boston was because I mean, they gave me the most money for business school. I went hey, where the money was. They, I mean, I they're, totally you know, support that. So I was like, why also, not? like as a college student, the coolest thing about Boston really, and I do, it's one of my favorite cities, but the coolest part is that there's so many learners in Boston. Oh, yeah. Incredible. You know, like there's right. so many students, they have so many top places where you can learn so much from each other and sharing and resources. It's a great place. I was just laughing because I was like, I yeah. wonder how he chose Boston. But yeah. so now we can go to the uh, football club, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I know <laughs> like this. I, I feel good about uh, we have friends. Actually, we have good friends. <laughs> um, the CHRO of uh hubspot is there katie we love her Um, hopefully we don't have to say had we have (laughs) well she's still my friend i don't know about you (laughs) (laughs) well i live in texas the world makes fun of my state okay yes and i'm in arizona so yes we we have issues so we're we're not going to talk too much smack (laughs) i lived a year in texas when i first moved to the u.s i was in texas for about a year in tyler texas actually um, yeah, so you know, <laughs> Dry County, Dry County, and all that stuff. Yes. All that. <laughs> I lived there. It was what a time, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> that was so generous. <laughs> <laughs> what a time! <laughs> time to be in Tyler. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so football. 
Yeah. You worked for Arsenal Football Club. Tell us all about that experience. Were you, you were working as a data scientist, like for yeah. HR or for like data for the club? It's like, what were you doing? Yeah, data for the club itself. Yeah. So I, man, I didn't even know about HR analytics until about five years ago when I was going to WeWork. I'm, I was, you know, like I had other dreams for data, right? So yeah, like, um, so I played like, I played soccer my whole life, right? That was been my main sport. Um, and at one point I, you know, I was going to just go to the UK and just go to the academies and just try and go professional, right? I was going to, and I wasn't going to go to college. That was the initial plan. Um, like that was at the middle of my mind, not going to college, just going to go play soccer. Um, but you know, like, uh, with parents pressure, like, no, you can't give up all your, like, you're so good at school. Why would you do that? Okay. Like, <laughs> go to, go to the U S like, you know, you can play and you can do school at the same time. Like, so I know you don't give that up. Um, in me doing that, I ended up giving soccer up because it's a really good professional in soccer. You can't do the school and so you just have to fully commit to that. So it was either one or the other. Uh, so I ended up coming here. Um, and I, and I played, I played soccer in the, in the U S um, came here. I was in a soccer scholarship. I was in a sports scholarship, um, played, uh, yeah, played, played, uh, soccer. And then well, at the time I graduated at that time, I knew that it's like, okay, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to go professional right now. It's, it's late. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I should have been playing seven, eight hours a day of soccer for the last four years. I, right? I was playing two, or two, three hours a day and I was going to school. Right. So I'm like, I'm far behind, but I'm like, okay, well, what kind of job um, should I look for now? Like, what should I go? And like, obviously I'm like, I have a math degree. I started applying for jobs and apply for this, you know, like this course under this role. I'm like, okay, sports, something I love. Analyst, something I love. When I applied and I got it. Now, funny enough, was I didn't actually know that it was Arsenal. They, they didn't they didn't put the name of the comp the of the club. This is for list for a club. So I didn't know. And so it was actually when I came to sign the offer and do the negotiation and sign the offer, I looked at my offer letter and I saw the Arsenal club on it. And I was like, Am I pass out? I would have passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is I'm like, are we you know he's like, yeah, it's for I'm like, are you kidding me? Like this whole time. He's like, yeah, we didn't want people to because you know, also they were trying to they also didn't want like a lot of crazy amount of application. They just a lot, a lot of issues, reasons why. Like, yeah, I just wanted to just see people that wanted sports, like like sports and soccer. And I was like, oh, this is a dream. But here's the funny thing about it. I am a Manchester United fan. How's that going? I know it's, uh, it's, a tough, it's, a tough, uh, it's a tough week, I'd say. It's a tough week. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and because of that, like now, and I told him, look, I'm a man you find, by the way. Oh, you should have seen it. It was jokes week in, week out. <laughs> like they were just, especially now when man you played Arsenal. They didn't let me touch the data. They were like, nah, you're touching the data. You're not even doing this for this week. <laughs> like, it was just like, it was incredible. But, the, you know, the role was incredible. Um, and I have one of the best bosses I've ever had, uh, that role. And he really, he was one that pushed me to go to business school and do my, 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 uh, my master's and, and in statistics. Um, but what we did was, we did two things. The first thing was using data to really do in-game analysis, right? So, some degrees, also people analytics in some ways. And I'll explain why I mean that. Like in-game analysis, you're looking at the decisions a player makes throughout the game. Everything, so every pass, every run, every shot. And all that data, by the way, was being aggregated. So we had this incredible engineers 
well, we, they use a machine vision, right? So machine vision and like just the, the, the cameras in the stadium and they had like, you know, heat maps and everything and the movement of the ball. And, and they gotten all this data for the players. And we take that, we take the, so if Arsenal is going to play against any team, the, the, before the, the week of the game, we take all that data, we do the analysis and we give, we put together um, this analysis around, here's how you play against this team. Oh, by the way, you should probably attack more from the left. You're weak on the left-hand side. If they're going to play this player, they're going to play that player. This kind of, you should probably use a 4-4-2 formation versus a, you know, 3-5, you know, 4-3, you know, 4-3-2, or like, like those kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we had like things like that, like, um, um, just different in-game. And then the coach, Arsene Wenger at the time, before he retired, will take that. So, you know, get on call, say, here's what it is, here's, here's the, the, the insights, and then they'll take that, and then he would use that in the training. And it's interesting because sometimes when we watch them play, we can see that they use some of the things that we've talked about um, in, the, in, 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 the, in the analysis and stuff. Because that's what we did on a week-in, week-out basis. We, we delivered that to them. Um, so that was incredible, right? Because you can see it first and how you see how how you can aggregate people's decisions and then use that to kind of formulate a strategy um, against them <laughs> and in, a, in, a, in a sense of a team, right? Um, so that's what, and then the second thing we did was um, that was one of the biggest things I did was um, doing analysis around um, what players the club the club should sign. Mm. Um, uh, and there's two ways we, we, we looked at that from from the, the data, their data, how they performed against teams and we put all the data together, but also like kind of their 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 star power value, right? Like so if you're gonna sign a player for fifty million dollars, yes, you want it to perform well for the team, but you also want to recoup that money somehow, right? Mm-hmm. So can this player sell t-shirts? <laughs> like, you know, you know, for example, Ronaldo, when he signed to Real Real Madrid. Um, years ago, I think the signing fee was like 80, 80 million pounds or something like that, or I mean, 80 million euros. And I said within 24 hours of him arriving, his T-shirt sales alone had already eclipsed that. So they've already recouped. Wow. Right. So there's also that, there's also that part of like signing the player, right? And so, yeah, so I, I, I basically gave up the, the, the uh, there were two players I recommended. They ended up signing one, which was Mr. Ozil at the time, who ended up being a great player for Arsenal. And that was something that I worked on. I recommended like, hey, this is That's sign. cool. <laughs> signed that as well so so yeah so that's what we did and obviously like he 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 did so great for the club it was worth the money that they paid for for him at the time and so those are the two things i did at the time um at my time in arsenal <laughs> dang when are you gonna do that for recruiting <laughs> so I mean, that, that's a whole well here's who I you mean, should sign at your company <laughs> yeah like nah how much is this person we looked work? at all the stats mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> we think they're uh you know we give them a meh on a yeah. <laughs> we give them a me. Yeah. <laughs> I awesome. love that so much. I mean, we've always, we've always heard of people doing that. Like we've heard, and we all remember Moneyball or different things like that, but we are able to know, we can find out so much. And I did, I, I watched a documentary in regards to baseball. They were talking about how they could figure out the signs, um, the play signs, looking at the play, using the same data. Um, somebody was in the in the audience with binoculars and it was looking at all of the signals and recording it with the other information, took that information back. And within, um, I think it was like within like five minutes could read all the baseball, all the calls, Incredible. like just that, 
simple. And that would take years and years or you would never be able to get it all together. I mean, it's just, it's amazing what we can do with, with data. It's so important as long as you use it for good and not for evil. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, it's better for good is, is, is the model, right? Like, um, well, yeah, no, there's so many things. I mean, because the, the truth of the matter is like, like, you know, the, on a daily basis, as we kind of interact in, in any aspect of life, there is more data being generated on a daily basis, right? Like you're growing as a company, decisions that you make, transactions, it's more, more and more data being, um, it gets to a point whereby, you know, like, I know, like there is this the theory about like, it gets to a certain point where within organizations at about 150 people, anthropologically, you actually need systems. You stop remember, like you can't remember names beyond like 150. And that's kind of really what, for us, how we kind of start thinking about like, okay, well, our customer base is about 150 and above. At that point, you start needing systems to really kind of help you with decisions, right? Systems and processes and, and analytics and data. Um, and so it starts being like, okay, I know everyone, okay, gut feel, okay, this. No, it's like, no, like, hey, you, you, you end up doing gut feel and you end up paying women less than men for the same exact job because you're doing gut feel, right? There's no, there's no room for that. That's, and, and then people, you can't say, oh, well, I didn't know. That's, no more, that's not an excuse. That's not a good excuse these days. Right. <laughs> Back in the days, maybe that was an excuse. <laughs> now, like you saying, I don't know, it's not an excuse, right? Because you have, to, you have the ability to get the data to see if you're underpaying women. It's that simple. So I think, I think companies have a, a responsibility to, to do that for their, for their, for their employees, right? Um, it's the right thing to do. It's not, a, it's not just a nice stuff. It's, it's the right thing to do. And it also helps your, 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 your employee morale in the long run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it also helps your business. Like, so it's actually good for your business to do this. Um, so yeah, it's, data, is, data, is, data is powerful too. Absolutely. So how does one get signed up to use Equitable? Yeah, you know, just go on the website uh, right now. We have a sign up, uh, sign up button and you just, you know, click through that and we'll, we'll follow up with you ASAP. Um, we, currently, uh, we currently have uh, a 90 day uh, free trial. Um, right now we are avid companies say, hey, come, you know, we are a startup and we obviously we're trying to grow a business, but at the same time, we also love just feedback and, you know, getting access to data and more and more data and getting that feedback from our customers. And so we are saying, hey, look, we want to put our money where our mouth is, right? Right now, there is a lot of HR tools out there that have incredible sales teams and, and kudos to them. But our, what, what we heard in like our conversations with a lot of HR leaders was the fact that, um, that you know, like a lot of times they, we have great sales teams, they buy a tool. And then three, six months later, the tool is taking dust because they have not used it because maybe it's taking a long time to integrate. Or the fact that like what they sold and what it actually is <laughs> varies significantly. Uh, and so we, you know, we said, look, yes, we know all about Workday. We're, we're familiar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. sorry. Did I say that out loud? Was that my outside voice? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah. what is a good HRIS though? I would say. Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, someday. I mean, Workday. <laughs> uh, no, but, yeah, but you know, but like I love, love tools like this. This this variation between what they say and what they deliver. And so for us, we said, hey, look, we wanna we wanna kind of you know from an integrity standpoint, we wanna kind of what we're saying, hey, what we say here is the product is what it actually is. But don't take our word for it. Try it. And so we said, you know, right now we're offering this 90 day. You sign on, you get it, no setup fee. We set it up for you. We connect to your systems, you have your analytics running. 
90 days you use our product. You, at the end of 90 days, you like it, which we guarantee you will like it. <laughs> and then we, you, know, you stay with us for the year, for the next year, for two years, for 10 years down the line. So we're doing that right now. You join us, you use the product, you give us feedback. We love feedback. We make the product better and better because we, we like to listen to our customers because like, we want to build things that people are going to love and use. And so that's what we're doing right now. So just and go what on to the What size companies should be reaching out? Uh, if you're over a 150 person company, um, you know, reach out, you don't, you have, you have an, you don't have an analytics team. Um, you have a one person analytics team and you want more help, uh, or you have an analytics team, but they're focused on like some of the large kind of some of the more in advanced analytics and doing a lot of those work. And you need someone to help you with the day-to-day like analytics, your, your basic analytics and insights. Our tool can do that for you, right? So 150 person company, you're growing, you're struggling, you're on, you're on the famous Google Excel sheets <laughs> and you want something more automated, um, our, 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 our tool can help you. Again, it's 90 days, it's free. We set it up for you. There's nothing to lose really, right? So just, just come on on. And uh, yeah, we're happy to kind of have more customers join the journey. Awesome. And I love, I, I actually, that, that point is so important to remember because I think for so many HR teams, you have your ops team, you have your benefits team, you have your comp team, but you might not have someone actually looking at the data to say, what does this mean? You might mm-hmm. have the data and, and you know, having just that, that tool behind you to say, okay, here's how I should think about this data. Here's how I should look at this data differently than maybe I am today. Mm-hmm. And having that tool is such a, a critical thing. So I, that's awesome. I, I want to I wanna get into the sandbox and play with it a little bit. Um, so what we normally do for our last question is give you the opportunity to share what is one thing that you want to make sure uh, folks know about you, know about your product, know about whatever it is. And then Jackie and I will go as well. So you get to go first, but we might be talking about football, not equitable, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> for me, uh, no, for one thing about me, uh, the only reason about me is I, I, we, we love, or uh, like I love uh, building solutions um, that make people's lives easier, right? Um, um, I've just been something that for me, it's always been, uh, I like problem solving. Um, and so it's, always, it's just something that I've always, it's always been like my whole life. And, you know, the fact that I get to, to do that and, you know, like it's a dream I had since I, you know, I lived back in, back, back, back in, back home. <laughs> And, you know, I, I remember, remember, like I lived, I lived in Botswana um, for about five years, actually. And when I was, my time in Botswana, um, in Haproni, Botswana, I, I remember it's going through really one of the tough times in my life. And I will read, I, I, I remember working on the street and I would see like this, the magazines and the, they're selling these magazines of like startup founders, just 22 year olds that have built multi-million dollar tech companies and solving this problem and that problem. And I'll just like read that, you know, I'm this teenager reading this and I'm just like re- thinking of like dreaming of like building a tech company in the U.S. This was, you know, talking about 14 years ago, right? Um, and the fact that I am doing that in the U.S. like years later, 14 years later, things I dreamt about, building, building something that helps companies and that really ultimately helps people, for me, is a dream, right? Like it's, I'm, I'm helping solve problems for me it's a dream so so for me it's like i'm living my dream i want to realize that this is something that I, my this is my problem like solving problems for companies 
And our product is, you know, once something that I want to know about our product is um, we, 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 we put our money where our mouth is, right? We, we, we want to help companies solve problems from diversity to hiring to compensation to engagement, right? By, by showing you um, this insights um, that normally you wouldn't even see, right? Like by joining these different metrics from, from these different systems that normally will be siloed and helping you tell a story. Right. So for us, that's what we're doing for companies. Right. In addition to that, I mean, we have, you have to set goals in our tool. You have to see external benchmarks, by the way, which a lot of companies are not doing. So you can see your internal, you can see your internal like diversity metrics. So okay, we have 40% women, we have X percent people of color, and you can compare to companies of your size with our tool. So we're doing that as well. Ultimately, again, is we're trying to kind of give you as much information as possible to help you make decisions. And that's what our, that's what our company is, is here to do. And I uh, wanted to do that for a very long time. No, for a very long time. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Jackie? Dang, I just knew that today you were going to be like, I'll go first. But one day, one day you'll One day I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I have mine if you want. I can go. Yeah, do I'm it. Ready. Do it. Okay. Um, so for me, it's just that, you know, what, what Joseph mentioned about, you know, building your own team and making your own team diverse and, you know, how critical that is to drive the innovation that they have driven at Equitable and how that has really improved their product, having different people with different perspectives, different experiences, all that. And, and the fact that, you know, you just have to try a little harder. It's not, there isn't, you know, a lack of folks that are able to do this work, lack of female engineers or engineers that are people of color, whatever you want, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for, they're there. You just actually have to look and, and do a little work. So that, that would be mine. I love that. Yes. And see you know what I did there. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's usually Katie's line. Um, yes. And also if you have a dream or those things, like get, take as many opportunities as as you can to try to reach that. Like, you never know, you can't connect the dots moving backwards. And I, um, moving forwards, you can going backwards, but you can't connect it moving forwards. And I just find it, it's fascinating that you had these two loves of things. And, you know, one of your first opportunities is like a dream job, which launched all of these other experiences. And I don't know. I just got goosebumps thinking about it. You know, there, that is, that's amazing. And you said like 14 years ago, wasn't that long ago. Right. Yeah. It just wasn't. Yeah. I was probably sitting in the same chair 14 years ago. Let's just <laughs> so just go for it. You know, just when you see something, you find a gap, um, solve it, you know, go for it. Don't let anybody take that away from you. So that's fascinating. So that would be the one takeaway. Awesome. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us. Say the last name again. I'm going to get it this time. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ifiegbu. <laughs> Ifiegbu. Yeah, you know? it's, it's literally pronounced how it's spelled. Like you got it right. Phonetically. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. see, Jackie, I did it. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> I can phonetically pronunciate words. <laughs> we can move on (laughs) (laughs) Joseph thank you so much for sharing um, you know your story sharing a little bit about yourself sharing about your organization and um, so impressive that you know it only took 14 years and you're living your dream that's amazing so thank you for joining us 
Uh, thank you for joining us, those that are listening. This is the Inclusive AF Podcast. My name is Katie Van Horn. And I'm Jackie Clayton. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>